The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Throughout history, dreamers have opened the door for positive change that reshapes the world. Our dreams and stories can also attract individual prosperity and success. Join creative artist Valerie June, Aisha Ophelia, Jacqueline Suskin, and Sarah Walco for The Power of Radical Imagination, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show where we explore nighttime dreams, daytime desires, and the best ways to transform the tragic into magic. Because let's face it, we all dream, we all have our blessings, and we all have our challenges, myself included. And I don't want any of us to take any of those things lying down, if you know what I mean. I just wrote a book entitled, A Crisis is a Terrible Thing to Waste. It comes out spring of 2023. And in the meantime, I'm excited to explore the topic with you, whether it relates to your waking or sleeping dreams, because we're dreaming all the time, people. So let's make it the best dream possible. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Samantha. Mercury is out of retrograde. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Oh, welcome everyone to the show today. I have such a full and beautiful show lined up for you today. You are going to love my guest, Samantha Fay. And I'm going to, we're going to be talking about the awake dreamer, which I know sounds a little strange because often we think of dreaming and sleeping, but Samantha is very aligned with me. I, I did a recent program with the shift network called the way of the awakened dreamer and I have a card deck called awakened dreamer so Samantha and I are like sisters from another mister and she's amazing but let's start off with a little a little centering just to just why not and let's just turn within for a moment. (sighs) Taking a deep breath releasing and letting go of as much of any of the chaos and worry and hurry and flurry around us as possible. Let's just give ourselves permission to enter into that purified realm that's always available, always at hand. With every breath, let's just imagine that we can open the skylight of our mind to call in the sunlight of the spirit to let ourselves fill up with that golden elixir, that wisdom, that guidance, that soul nutrition, that 
sacred cord that elevates us. I think of Jack and the Beanstalk. It's kind of like something we can climb up or just whoosh on up to a higher plane. So let's just do that now. And we don't leave the earth behind. We, we have a cord. We can come right back when we're ready. But let's allow ourselves to elevate and awaken during this time together. And let's just recognize that each of us is here on purpose whether you are alive or virtual and later after the after the fact we have all been summoned here for a sacred reason to hear something to feel something to know something to shift something so that we may be a better brighter more awakened dreamer version of ourselves as we move forth into our day so I'm just grateful in advance for the wisdom of Samantha Fay, her powerful, powerful book and all that will unfold today. And with this, I say, thy will be done in the highest place for the highest good of all. And so it is, amen, a woman, our dreams. Ah, uh, Samantha, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, so for those of you who don't yet know Samantha Fay, let me just read you a little bit of the mini version of her bio. Samantha Fay co-hosts two popular podcasts, Psychic Teachers and Enlightened Empaths, both of which teach listeners how to embrace and celebrate their innate sensitivity and gifts. Samantha Fay is a Reiki master who writes and teaches about crystals, Reiki, healing, and intuition. She's worked as a freelance writer for several publications, including BeliefNet, Body, Mind, Spirit, and the Wilmington, Wilmington Star News. For more info about her, you can check out her website. It's samanthafay.com. That's Samantha, S-A-M-A-N-T-H-A, and then Fay, F-E-Y.com, like a fairy, samanthafay.com. Samantha, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kelly. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for joining me. I've thoroughly enjoyed every single morsel of your book, The Awakened Dreamer. Oh my God, it's so wonderful. And um, let's start with The Awake Dreamer. Sorry, Awake Dreamer. Tell everyone a little bit about how you how you came to write this and like how it all started for you. Sure. So uh, first of all, I did want to call it the awakened dreamer because doesn't it roll off the tongue more easily? Maybe. I don't yeah. know. It's one less syllable. I mean, no. I think the fewer the syllables, probably the better. <laughs> but the, my, my lovely editor said awake dreamer was better because what the book talks about is how when we're sleeping, we're not really sleeping. Our body is sleeping and our mind is sleeping, but our soul is awake and possibly traveling and journaling, journeying to different dimensions, possibly the other side and doing all sorts of wonderful things. So I've always had a very rich and vivid dream world. And when I was a kid, I would bug my family with my dreams and they'd kind of roll their eyes. And so I learned to kind of tamp that down. But then in my um, 20s and early 30s, I started to notice that more and more of my dreams were coming true. Mm 
So I started paying attention to them. I started recording them and working with them. And some really significant things started to show up in those dreams. And so I started sharing them on my podcast. And then listeners started emailing me about their own experiences that were similar, precognitive dreams, past life dreams, dreams of loved ones on the other side and their pets meeting them that had passed on. And I thought, wow, something is going on here. I had these recurring dreams, I still have them, where I'm at this little cafe and the ocean is right behind us. And often I'm giving readings or just talking to people. And those I didn't share because I don't know, there's nothing very thrilling about them. They're just Mm -hmm. this repetitive thing. And then I started getting emails from listeners saying, I feel like I met you last night. You were giving me a reading and the ocean was behind us and we were sipping tea at a cafe. And when that kept happening, I thought, oh my gosh, like what if, what if I really am somewhere when I'm, you know, sleeping and I'm meeting these listeners. So I started to do research and found out I am far from alone and my listeners are far from alone. We all have these experiences. They have been recorded throughout the centuries. And I just thought, wow, if if I don't know that, maybe other people don't know that. So I, I tried to put together a book that was Uh, grounded in a lot of research and some history and some, you know, just some practical things so that people could understand what I was talking about. But I also include a lot of personal stories and stories from listeners and some exercises too. Yeah, it's, it kind of hits all the places on the palette. It's got, I love your personal stories. And you do bring on bring in all of the background and you are um, also a Robert Moss um person <laughs> so i i quote i, I just quote him all the time i know i love him so much um i thought one of the all of your stories were great but I, it was really interesting when you had the recurring dream about someone being shot, shot. yeah talk about that dream that was that was really what started all of it for me um i had just gotten my first reiki degree my reiki one So if anyone doesn't know what that is, it's a form of hands-on healing. And I was so new to all of that, you know, like, what is Reiki? I didn't even know how to pronounce it. Reiki, rice (laughs) cakes. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) So I had just taken that class and she told us to meditate every day for 21 days while doing the Reiki hand positions. And every time I would meditate, I would visualize myself in this crystal cave and I would see this image of a bullet hitting someone's neck. And so I thought, well, this meditation thing isn't for me. So I stopped meditating. And then the same thing happened in my dreams over and over and over. And it was very frustrating. And I think precognitive dreams are often like this, where you get a part of it, but not the whole. So Mm -hmm. I never saw a face. I never saw a location. All I saw was the, the horrid graphic image of a bullet hitting a neck right here and a hand, you know, coming up to, to, to stop it. And so I told everyone, you're like, what do I do about this? And about three weeks later, my husband at the time, who was a police officer, was shot in the line of duty in the neck. And I remember when we were, my friends and family were sitting in the little ICU room, which, by the way, is called the bereavement room, which I think is just a terrible name for hopeful praying people. Um, Anyway, when we were sitting in there, my friends and my sister said, this is what you've been dreaming about. This is what your dreams have been trying to tell you. And it really hit me then that my whole life I've been having these intuitive, strange experiences and these dreams that have come true. And I've always ignored them because I was, 
I don't know, I was always so hell-bent in my life on, on fitting in and being normal, whatever the heck that is. And <laughs> when I had the, the validation and the backup of my friends and my family, I just had an aha moment and I just excused myself. I found the hospital chapel and I got on my knees and I just said to God, okay, if you want me to do something with these dreams, this, these intuitive nudges I get, I will, I'm your girl. But in return, you've got to make that man live. So <laughs> I made a very, you know, rigid yes or no bargain with God. And uh, think, thankfully he held up where she held up the, their end of the bargain. And, and they, my, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> and my, um, my husband at the time lived and, um, and I'm so happy that he survived and is so much better and is able to help me co-parent our three wonderful daughters. And I held up my end of the bargain and I started taking intuitive development classes. And what I found is that, and this is what I really try to emphasize in the book, whatever you do in your daily life is always going to be reflected in your nighttime life, your, right. your, your dreams, right? So yeah. if you're super nervous and stressed out, you're going to have anxious, nervous dreams well, I was like a kid in a candy store after mm. all of this happened. I was taking intuitive development classes, healing classes, crystal classes, like, you know, anything I could find, I would go. And at night when I dreamed, I was going to school mm -hmm. and it was a lot. It was probably three nights a week for over a year. And sometimes I still have those dreams, but they're not with the consistency and intensity of those first years of when I was really waking up and accepting the spiritual path. And that was fascinating because I saw the same people in those dreams every night. We were in class together and I was pregnant with my third child at the time. And there's other woman who I you know, knew in the dream, she was pregnant too. And she knew she was having a boy and I knew I was having a girl. It was like a whole nother world going on you know, while I was sleeping. And it was wonderful and exciting. But at the same time, I think sometimes those spiritual awakenings can be so hard because I would wake up and I would tell, you know, I'd call my friend. I had the most amazing dream last night and she'd listen. And then she'd say, well, when we pick up the kids from school, do you want to meet at the park? <laughs> right. Thud. Yeah. 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 So then what did you do? How did you, how did you start to, what was the steps toward building some community? in your show well, eventually. Yeah. What really helped a lot was taking those intuitive development classes. And I made some friends there and a couple of us started our own group called the seekers. And we met once a month and it was great because we were hosted at like, like a book club, like one month it would be at my house. The next month it'd be at your house, you know, and, and we'd all pick a topic to present on. So sometimes someone would present on chakras and another month, someone would present on meditation. And when it was my turn, I always, always presented on, on crystals. And so they started calling me the crystal chick, <laughs> <laughs> the crystal chick. Oh, the that's crystal funny. Chick. And so that helped a lot to provide community and support but I still wanted to find more of that. And that's what led my friend Deb and I to start the Psychic Teachers podcast. And that really did help a lot to really recognize that there's so many, it's not just 1% of us that are quote unquote weird. <laughs> there's many of us that are intuitive and, and tuned in and turned on to this beautiful, beautiful world of spirit. Mm. Oh my heavens. 
Wow, there's you bring up so many things that I wanna I wanna explore with you. Um, I would say probably most people watching or listening to this, they are on the path in some way, shape, or form. They are they're having they've had some experiences that have been extraordinary. They've had at least one or two big, big dreams. But I imagine maybe some people that are new to this path and maybe resistant, I wanna address some of the reasons why they might be resistant. Like you said, it's not always just a path of roses and butterflies and unicorns. It's kind of, it requires some grounding, some little bit of protection. So let's talk about that um, for a moment. What are, to, to be able to inspire people to wanna get on the path and not be so scared of their own natural gifts, what are some things they can do to be more prepared? I think it's all fear and doubt, right? And so I think right. the first thing they, they need to do is recognize what is their fear? What is what is the number one fear blocking them? Um, for me, it was religion. I'm, I'm still a practicing Catholic and I know, don't, don't email me. I know the Catholic church has all sorts of issues, but I moved a lot as a kid and the mass was always the same. So that's always yeah. been a comfort and a constance for me. And I had a lot of people, you know, I was in a rosary making group and a mother's prayer group. And I had a lot of people saying, uh, hello, you know, the Catholic catechism is against yoga, Never mind, <laughs> you know, transcendental meditation and Reiki. And now you're talking about all this intuitive stuff. And so that was very hard for me. Um, luckily, I really think that when you have a fear like that, recognizing it is number one. And then if it, if it aligns with your path, praying about it. And so I just would talk to God all the time about it. Like, look, if right. this isn't an alignment with what you want from me, you know, that's all I'm, I'm your girl. Like just you show me. And I went to church that literally that next Sunday and there was a visiting priest there. And um, I think it was the Bishop's annual appeal or something, but he, so he was supposed to talk us into like writing big checks, but instead he didn't. <laughs> Just he cut, started cut to the bottom line. <laughs> he started his homily by saying, um, do you know who the first person you'll meet in heaven will be? And we all were like, oh, I don't know, you know, Peter, Paul, Jesus. And, <laughs> and he said, he said, no, the first person you'll meet is your friend who just had an abortion. And the second person you'll meet is your coworker who's gay. And he said, and this is because God loves everyone. And the true oh. meaning, it was just such a beautiful homily. Wow. So afterwards he said, um, love him. You know, he was so great. And he was old. Like you'd think you'd hear that from like a young priest, you know, mm -hmm. he was very, very ancient. And so he said that <laughs> he said, he'd be hearing confession that night. And I made a beeline like the minute I got communion. You're supposed to wait for the final prayer. Mm -mm. I went right to the back and signed up. And uh, I went to see him that night. And I told him about all these dreams I'd been having and all these classes I'd been going to and everything. And he listened and nodded. And he said, okay, my dear. He said, so what are your sins? And I said, well, I think I just told you. And he said, is God at the heart of what you're doing? Is God at the heart of everything you are thinking, saying, and doing? And I said, yes, of course. And he said, then you've committed no sins, my dear. Go in peace. And, you know, he never came back to our church. So I feel like that was how God answered my prayer to help me get over my fear. Do I still come up against, you know, uh, scored and ridicule? Yes, of course. But I know that I'm okay with my path. So I would recommend right. that anyone recommend, I mean, anyone just 
recognize and be honest with what your true fear is. Sometimes it can be family. You know, I mean, I can't tell you how many times my mom has said to me, you have a master's degree and this is what you're choosing to do with your life. (laughs) All my hopes and dreams for you. (laughs) That's right. What about those? That's right. So you have to recognize the fear and then you just have to hit it head on and ask, is this fear even real? And is what I want for my life more Mm. important than this fear? Oof. Oh my God, this is so rich. There was, um, I talk about this friend of mine pretty often because he's known for a lot of wisdom. He was incredibly psychic. He worked for the government. He was um, one of the people that was apparently the the movie Men Who Stare at Goats was made after. Like one of those like psychic cyber- remote viewing program. Remote viewing program. He apparently, he not apparently, he was- in a movie called Spies Under Berlin, a documentary about um, these these psychic people that work for the government that helped to bring down the Berlin Wall because of the things that they were able to see going on. Anyway, he's too seriously tapped in. He just passed away um, a few months ago. But one of the things he said was, because when when the subject of fear comes up like what are other people doing like what's going on in that psychic world and he said it's yeah it's a little it's intense like the yeah there's some negative stuff out there he said but here's the deal you have to you just have to become enlightened because then you're fine (laughs) if you're it's like the like you talked about in your book with some of the negativity or the entities or the the latching on sort of vampiric kind of energies they really can't get you if you're vibing really high but your fear in some way puts you on that level with them so it's so it's kind of like if you're bleeding in the in the ocean the the shark is more apt to come after you you just have to i think we just have to does that make sense yeah it does and you know i i studied under so many wonderful teachers but I early on, so many of them had this belief that there was nothing negative, that everything was love and light, and it was all our perception. And um, that just didn't resonate with me, you know, because I feel like there are so many people who um, are not nice. And so if if there are not nice people, then that makes sense that there would be not nice things out there. And, and I feel like we live in a world of duality you know, where there's up and down and left and right. And so it just makes sense to me that there would be a a darker side. Mm -hmm. And what I've noticed in my own path of developing and in helping so many students is often when we do start to turn our light on, the dark side takes note and they will try to scare us back. It's kind of like the screw tape letters. If you've ever read that, um, no C.S. Lewis. Oh, it's such a good quick book. Um, it's an uncle screw tape and he's trying to teach his nephew how to be a good demon and, and how to get his person like away from the path of, Oh, that's great. Oh my God. It's it's written from the demon's perspective and it's, Oh, I love it. And I feel like that's, (laughs) you know, it's really, it's really inspiring, but anyway, I feel like that's really what happens. And so when I talk in the book about um, psychic vampires or shadow beings or the hag syndrome, I have, I have not experienced the hag syndrome, but I have friends that I know that I trust that are highly, highly educated, very grounded people who have experienced this 
this thing where they, they wake up, they can't move their body and they see a, a scary thing sitting on top of them. And I, like I said, I have not experienced that. That does not mean it's not Let's real. And, and I, I believe, yes, but I believe that people have experienced that. And I've, I've talked to pastors and rabbis and, and priests, and they all have said the same thing. It usually happens when someone is just getting into their faith, whatever that looks like for them. Mm. And so I think there is a little bit of a battle going on. Throughout history, dreamers have opened the door for positive change that reshapes the world. Our dreams and stories can also attract individual prosperity and success. Join creative artist Valerie June, Aisha Ophelia, Jacqueline Suskin, and Sarah Walco for The Power of Radical Imagination, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. I wonder what you think about this. The 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 book that I have coming out in January, it's right over there. If anybody can watch this, it's a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. In it, I have this this process that I lead people through called Ogle. Um, it's um, stands for um, what's offensive, what's good about it, what's the looking glass. Like how do you see yourself in that, and then how can you elevate? And I noticed for myself. And this may not be absolutely empirically true, but it seems like in my experience in doing being on this path for a long time, even if there is some other entity, if I take just like in a nightmare, if it's a night, if it's a nightmarish dream, if I look at the perspective that everyone and everything in my dream is an aspect of myself, it's just kind of what if it is and if i look at that hag for example as part of what's in the looking glass of myself where am i a hag where have i been witchy to myself where i can find it and when i find it in myself even though that's like swallowing a bitter pill because who wants to admit there's an inner hag in there it's like no i'm just full of crystals and light and rainbows and unicorns and that's it. <laughs> but it's like, ah, everything's here. Everything. I believe that we live in a hologram. And so it's, if I, if I, if I address my inner hag and I learn to unravel what her gift to me might be, and also what she's asking for in terms of how to heal that part of myself, then I feel like I'm much less apt to attract an outer 
hag. It's mm. one of my stories in the book where I have this, there's this woman I'm doing battle with and she's just persistent and she's horrible. I call her the witch downstairs. And then I realize, oh my God, she is me. And I do this healing on this and on, on me. And then she changes, like literally changes. So what do you think about that? Um, being able to at least patch up the holes from inside, then so we don't have to live in fear. That's everything, isn't it? That's everything. Yeah. That's our whole work. I mean, you know, know thyself, right? And so right. I think that is really, really important. And I hope you come on our show when that book comes out, because that sounds absolutely I would be wonderful. honored. I'll oh, ogle with you. It. Yes, because really... <laughs> So many of the things in our lives are just reflections of what's going on inside of us. Mm -hmm. And I wonder that a lot when, when I talk about like, maybe there is a battle between good and bad. Maybe it is all within us, you know, maybe it is just all illustrative. We don't know, but if we can start within, right, that's what we need to do. And if you think about it, it's really all we can do. Right? Exactly. All Otherwise, we we're just powerless. It's like, do we just build bigger walls? Do we just, I mean, I feel like that's just like what the priest said at your church, which I love so much. If we can learn to love those parts of ourselves and see that they may be the ones greeting us in heaven. What if they're the ones to teach us? Then we don't, we don't have to live in as much fear. And no. we can no. use fear as a gift, to, like a springboard. I have a, a dream that I'd like to share with you because it feels, because of your Catholicism. I grew up Catholic and whenever I travel, the first place I wanna to go to is, is a church and in especially a Catholic church. It's, I don't still call myself a Catholic, but I still have a lot of reverence for the Catholic faith. There's, I think there's a lot of thorns on the bush, but there's a lot of roses still too. So totally. I am, the, I am the worst Catholic you'll ever meet. <laughs> I don't, I don't agree me. with like, you know, 90%. Okay. Um, you're going to dig no. this dream. And so okay. I'd love to hear what you would, how you would work with this. So this is the nutshell. It felt profound. And my husband keeps talking about it. And whenever he gets struck by one of my dreams, I feel like it becomes more kind of epic. So the nutshell um, I'm kind of omniscient in the dream and I'm following a priest, a young-ish priest, maybe, I don't know, not young, but not old, somewhere in the middle. And he's kind of like Steve Carell in the office where he's talking to the camera. <laughs> he's like doing all the things he has to do, but he's like, now this is what I'm doing now. And this is why I'm doing this. And then he goes back to doing it. And so he's kind of preparing the mass, he's preparing things. And then we look over and there's all these women that are the the they're sort of the nuns and they're preparing they're also helping to prepare the mass and they're really angry and i notice like under their habit they're kind of like scowling and growling and they're pissed because they're just sort of suffering under there and they there's some sort of powerlessness and he says to the camera what they don't know yet is the women are about to inherit the church. And I'm struck as this omniscient energy. And I and what I hear and what I kind of feel intuitively is they just need to be patient. They need to not blow up. They need to just like hang in there. They're about to come into everything they've been fighting for, everything they've been wanting. They're like, don't give up five minutes before the miracle, basically. So. That's my dream. What do you think about that? And how does that work 
with being an awake dreamer and what would you do with that? Well, I wish that were a precognitive dream, but I I felt like it was. My I husband it thinks were. it is. I I don't know. <laughs> I feel like um you know, the, the church is so rigid on so many things, never mind letting women have a voice. So I, I wish and I hope it were precognitive. That would be wonderful. I know Pope yeah. Francis is appointing a lot of cardinals who are more open to those kinds of ideas. So who knows who the next pope will be? But if we take that as a metaphorical dream, which it could be when you're talking, for yeah. example, about your your inner hag, if you think about the, the symbol... <laughs> And now my inner nun. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's symbols in that dream are so rich, right? You've got the mass and and what is the mass? It's it's nothing but a sacrament of communion so that you are one with your creator. Mm. And, you you know, and you've got this this priest who's organizing in charge of it. And so you've got the male, the female. And so I think it's all about your voice coming through. And to be patient as you give birth to this book coming up, right? And how there's something coming, I think, even beyond that book, to be honest with you, about, about really giving voice and bridging different religions and viewpoints to show that we are all on the same path. But Ooh. again, I hope I hope I'm wrong and I hope it's precognitive. You know, it's just interesting as you're saying this, I'm realizing I had this dream a couple weeks ago and I found out I've got a lot of Iranian friends and um, I joined them at a protest. There was, I'm not sure if you're familiar with um, the young woman, Masa yes. Amini. And um, so at this protest, women were burning their hijabs, they were cutting their hair. It was really intense. And this happened, so this happened after my dream so there's something about the covering that was oppressive and mm-hmm. there's something about i mean there it may be that these that it's not just in catholicism that there's some movement of women who've been covered that are that are tired of it and that are wanting to be uncovered and coming coming through and it might simply just be an internal process for me but i know sometimes the dream that feel precognitive people ask me all the time how do you know if it's precognitive or not I think there's a certain energy to it. What do you think? How do you answer that question? Yes, How do you know so if that's, it's precognitive That's a fantastic question because some precognitive dreams are very symbolic like that. For me, I feel like my guides know me and know how literal I am. So my precog dreams tend to be very literal, but I mm. have heard and read of others, other precog dreams that are very, very symbolic. The way you can point out is there's, you mentioned the observer effect, right? That you were right. kind of omniscient. Yeah. Very often in a precognitive or and or a lucid dream, you are a participant and an observer. Yeah. Right. And so I think that's one thing. It's always very vivid. It usually you wake up and there's um, it's almost like ugh, I don't know how. Well, it's wordless is what I was trying to say. It's it's like yeah. it's so intense you can't put it into words. The emotion, right. the energy, the feeling, and you can't not talk about it. And you can't um, forget it. You know, it just stays with you. Those are often signs that it is precognitive. Mm, that's when wonderful. we have those those metaphorical dreams. They tend to be more wispy. I I kind of describe it like trying to you know catch a, a spider web. It's like it's like wispier and it stays mm. with you, but not as intense as those precognitive dreams. Oh, so it could be, but you know what? I hope. I, I just wish we could all accept each other wherever we are. 
you know, yeah. I, I have, when I used to teach English, I had a lot of students who, who wore the head covering mm-hmm. and they were wonderful, smart, amazing women. And yeah. that was such, so important to them to be able to wear that. And right. Just, if they, if they could, really want it, then I think they should wear right. it. If you don't, don't, I wish we could get to that point. Or if yeah. there's a piece of hair that sticks out of it, then so be yeah. it. Yeah. So one thing, I mean, there's so many, you and I could talk literally for years and years and years and never, ever get to the bottom of it. But one thing I want to bring up, because we're, if people are watching and or listening in close to real time, we're in October and we're coming up on Dia de los Muertos, Halloween, and this time where it's believed that the, the veil is thin. And a lot of us who have lost people myself included it's been a a record time of like of having lost so many people in the last few years Um, and pets so many of them are on the other side i i want to talk about how dreaming about those beloveds on the other side now almost all of us i would say everyone watching or listening has had a dream like that that's been wonderful or helpful And then there's some people that are really, really grieving and they're having a difficult time remembering or thinking that they're having any of these dreams about their departed beloveds. And Samantha, you have a beautiful process that you that you write about in your book and that you you said that you might be willing to share with us. This is for people who are already communicating well with those on the other side, but they want to raise it up a little bit and have more direct communication. And this is for those who haven't yet been able to reach out to someone. So I'd suggest that you call somebody to mind that you want to have a direct communication with because Samantha is going to lead us in a little process for how we can do that. So yes, I would love to. Yeah. I'm going to lead everyone into a visualization, but before I do, I just want to say, if you haven't had a dream of your departed loved one, please give them permission to come to a, a mutual friend or family members dream Oftentimes they are trying so hard to connect with us in a dream, but it's our grief that puts up a barrier, a wall. And so if you tell them like, Hey, you know, cousin Anna loves you too. And, but she's not grieving as intensely come in her dream, just a little suggestion. Right. And don't be upset if somebody comes to you having had a dream about them. Yes. My, one of my, my dearest friends, partner, her father passed away and I had a dream. I had no idea that it had anything to do with him. It was about being in this Shakespeare on the lawn kind of a thing. And this man named King Richard was performing a soliloquy, very Shakespearean, but he kept forgetting his lines and he was just a really bad actor. And I was like, God, this guy's not very good, but he's kind of funny. And it was just, and I shared the dream with them and she's, she burst into tears and said that every year her and her dad went to this Shakespeare, this Shakespeare um, festival and his favorite Shakespearean, it, his favorite Shakespearean play was Richard III. And he kind of fancied himself like the King Richard. And it was like, anyway, there was more to the dream, but it, she was like, why did you have the dream and not me? So sometimes I had no, I had no clutter in the way. I wasn't heartbroken. Right. I loved what you oh, said. That's a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. 
Okay, so for this visualization, if it is safe for you to do so, feel free to close your eyes or just listen and try to remember this for when you're falling asleep tonight. But I would love for you guys to just close your eyes gently if you can and imagine that you're walking down a beautiful empty beach and really allow yourself to be in this moment. Feel the warm sand crinkling between your toes and feel the sun beaming down on your face. And as you're walking down this beautiful sandy beach, maybe you pick up a seashell, maybe you hear the birds flying overhead. With each step, you feel more and more grounded and connected to your source, to your purpose, and to this moment in time. And as you walk, you notice that to your right, where the ocean is billowing in wave after gentle wave, there's a beautiful long dock. And I want you to start walking in the direction of this wooden dock and see yourself just approaching and walking as you walk out over the water on this safe, grounded dock. And as you do, think about anything in your mind right now that is stressing you out or weighing you down, any to-do list you have. And picture yourself just pulling those emotions of energy out of your body and toss them off the dock into the flowing water, just letting it all go. Anything from major things like unpaid bills to little things like laundry you haven't gotten to yet, just toss it off the side of the dock, letting it go. With each step as you walk further and further and further down this dock, you are feeling lighter and lighter and lighter. And as you get to the end of the dock, there's a lovely sailboat waiting just for you. And see yourself just stepping onto the sailboat, feeling completely carefree and knowing that you are 100% safe. And feel the sailboat setting free from the dock, knowing that as it sails across the calm ocean water, it is taking you to the other side where you can meet with your loved one and share a message or a hug or just a moment in time with them. And visualize the sailboat just gently taking you across the water and through this time and space. And see yourself as this sailboat suddenly lands on a new dock in a new dimension. When you're ready, visualize yourself getting off of the sailboat, walking onto the dock. Think about the loved one in heaven that you would like to meet and silently send out a request that they meet you at the end of this dock. And if they're unable to do so now, that is fine. Tell them to show up in your dreams. And say to yourself, I will remember my dreams. I will remember my dreams. And say the person's name and remind yourself that you will meet with this loved one when you sleep tonight. And as you walk further and further and further off this dock onto the land, visualize yourself seeing this person and giving them a big hug. Feel their arms around yours. Breathe in their beautiful smell. 
Squeeze their hands and tell them how much you love them and how much you miss them. And from here, you can see yourselves walking the beach together, sitting on a bench seat and just catching up. And you want to use this all in your imagination, knowing that when you go to sleep tonight, this will happen for real in your awake dream time. But for now, just go with the visualization. Allow yourself to just be with this person and tell them anything you want to tell them and take some time to listen to them as well. And when you're ready, when you can pause this or you can just remember this for later. When you're ready, what you always want to do at the end is give them one hug goodbye, knowing you can come back here anytime and visualize yourself getting back on that sailboat and sailing over that gentle, calm ocean, waving goodbye to your person, knowing they are not far away, knowing they will come again in your dreams, and see yourself going back to your original dock, grounding your feet again onto the wood platform of the dock, and coming back onto the sand, back into your body, and back into this moment. You can open your eyes when you're ready. Samantha, that was beautiful. Oh, good. That was it wasn't too long. Oh God, it could have been a lot longer. I it, I wished it could just keep going. And I'm glad that you said the part about pausing so people can come back and listen. Because well, yeah. I know this. we're live, but really what if you could just remember those steps and visual yeah. and take your your time going through it, um, yeah. it is incredibly helpful. And it does prime your subconscious to prepare your soul for a visit with your loved one on the other side. Yeah. So simple and so powerful. And it's, it's always the, the most simple things that, that work the best. I mean, we can, we can all do this. And who doesn't want to have that? It's so empowering to have that communication. And it's not just for us. It's for them too. Yes. The relationship. 100%. They yes. miss us too. They miss us too. And they're growing and learning too. So Samantha Faye, this has been, I can't believe the time has flown so fast. I, on a parallel plane, I just want to hang out with you forever. And I just am so grateful for you and your beautiful work of art. And the, the Awake Dreamer is, it's gorgeous, by the way. The book cover is so pretty. Oh, oh I want everybody to run out and get a million copies of this. It's so good. It's got, it's really comprehensive. It's got all the things that we need to know to be an awake dreamer and it, it's powerful i so appreciate you being on the show today thank you so much kelly i've enjoyed our time too and i look forward to having you on our show when you're ready i can't wait i can't wait is there any final word of wisdom and how people can reach you if there's anything anything else you want sure so my website is samanthafay.com and i do have a guided meditation on there called dream reunion reunions it's about 30 minutes long and it does walk you through gently and slowly how to prepare yourself for a visit with your loved one on the other side in the dream nice. state oh that's great wonderful thank you so much for joining me thank you sweet dreams thank you for listening to the kelly sullivan walden show if you enjoyed this episode, take a moment to like, subscribe, 
comment and share it with your friends. My show can be found on Apple iTunes, YouTube, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to pre-order my new book, A Crisis is a Terrible Thing to Waste, go to your favorite online or brick and mortar retailer, then head on over to kellysullivanwalden.com tragic to magic. Input your order number and redeem your bonus gifts. I'm also excited to be offering a new live DreamWork practitioner training. So if that calls to you, go to kellysullivanwalden.com forward slash DreamWork. If you'd like to join me for the live recording of these shows, most Wednesdays at noon Pacific, you can find me on Facebook at Kelly Sullivan Walden Dreams. If you have a question about your dreams or about how to transform your tragic into magic, email me at kelly at kellysullivanwalden.com. Until next time, remember, a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. And as you awaken to the power of your dreams, you make the world a lighter, brighter, more beautiful place, one dream at a time sweet dreams. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.